Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, tonight, it is uh, just myself and Rhiannon. Adam is probably off somewhere rehearsing or bachelor partying or something. I don't know. I hope somebody took him to Taco Bell Cantina for a bachelor party. Oh, that's right. That's right. That would be excellent. <laughs> we, are, we are procrastinating packing. For, for those, I think we can say this, the big wedding is, is this weekend, so yeah, we will all be together in the same room for the first time ever, which will be very, when I tell people that, they go, haven't you been doing that podcast forever? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but that's the beauty of the internet, you know? It's going to take us driving to Iowa to finally meet Adam in person. Well, and somebody asked me today, so you're going to the wedding of someone you've never met in person? Yes. And I was like, yeah, but I talk to him a lot more than I talk to a lot of people that I see regularly in person, you know, like it's been an hour a week, more or less for five years. That's a lot of getting to know somebody. <laughs> yeah, I, I have been to the wedding of family members that I never met before or that I barely met. Yeah, like, there's a little more like obligation there, though, I feel yeah. like. like True. It, yeah, just, it doesn't like, feel weird. No, it doesn't feel weird, but it is like a cool, the way that social relationships form over the internet now is cool and bizarre and different. And I like it, but it I also appreciate that it's something that my, our grandparents would have never anticipated when they were young, you know? No, not at all. So Not at all. Yeah, internet friends is a, a weird thing. Yes. So, Rihanna, we actually have a ton of news to talk about. We do. Like, uh, it just well, keeps coming. It does. And it's like, it is a roller coaster because, like, you hear something that you're like, oh, Marvel Studios is getting their stuff together. And then you see something else, you're like, no, they are not getting their stuff together. Like, have we pot? We haven't podcasted since D23. So that's all old news at this point. Yes, which I th- I'm sure our, fa- our few fans are like, what, what, what happened? We're just, we're just old and busy. And yeah you know have lives i know i was thinking as you did the intro you're like place to keep up with news reviews and speculation i was like mm, not not so feel much. like it. it's a mediocre place to keep up with those sorry, things. guys but that's i'm sorry that's just the yeah that's the uh, the copy we read every time <laughs> so let's talk about let's start with the movie announcement because i feel like it's the biggest thing yeah the movie we all knew was happening deadpool 3 but with Hugh Jackman, which we did not know was happening. And I really thought Hugh Jackman was done with the role. And that I I mean, I think everybody was just floored by this announcement. Like, do you think anybody saw this coming? Um, I don't know. I think it's possible people in the know may have known about this. And I think I think the thing is people were always a little suspicious just because of how much Hugh and uh, Reynolds like do social media stuff together. Yeah. Uh, True. I think what's surprising to me, if you had asked me, is Hugh Jackman going to be in Deadpool three at all? I would have guessed yes. But as like a cameo, like Hugh Jackman showed up for a couple of minutes of x-men first class and then he showed up for like one scene i think of 
X-Men Apocalypse, maybe? Or was it Dark Phoenix? I forget. There was like, you know, like those movies, he would cameo in them for three or four minutes or just do a single scene. The idea that he's going to be a co-lead, which is sort of the way they're telling this, that is a surprise that this would be like almost a buddy cop movie, you know? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I saw somewhere that originally they uh, Ryan said that he wanted Deadpool 3 to be a road trip movie with Wolverine. And maybe that's what we're getting. Um, yeah, I'm glad they very quickly clarified the timeline thing. and that, So we know wherever we are in the MCU, it's before 2029. Because Logan took place in 2029 and they're saying this is going to take place before Logan. Even if Logan is in the same... Like, X-Men continuity is terrible. It makes no sense. It's never worked. So, like, I don't know. I'm Mr. Like, strict continuity canon guy, except X-Men movies I don't care. And I'm suspicious that Deadpool is going to somehow serendipitously save himself from a multiversal collapse in this movie somehow like i'm pretty sure this movie will start with deadpool in the x-verse and then he will hop over to the mcu in the the course of the movie so agreed yes yes and i think it's a bit like uh krasinski as reed richards too they're giving this to us because we want it but i do not think we should understand this as hugh jackman is going to keep being wolverine for seven mcu movies now like i don't think that that's possibly going to happen yeah no i'm a, i'm with you i think it's one movie to put an end to what all was going on over there and then to carry over whatever's going to carry over i think it's exciting people will be excited to see the character again i think they've given it enough time i'm actually ready for another deadpool movie because it's been long enough and I'm ready to see Hugh Jackman again because it's been long enough. Uh, you know, I, Labor Day weekend, I had a house with some friends and there was somebody there that hadn't really watched any of the MCU movies. And there was somebody there that just like always had to have background noise on. So they turned on Deadpool and like from the Deadpool movies into Iron Man, for some reason, I have no idea why they were choosing what they were choosing. There was some on TV or something. And by the end of the weekend, like there were Marvel fans, you know, just from the using Deadpool as an introduction. So yeah. it is interesting. So my kids have not seen any Deadpools because mm-hmm. they're young. And they were both like bummed by this news. Oh, like, oh they're gonna make an MCU movie, but I can't watch it and I can't watch the first ones. And like so it was it was interesting to see their their young takes on it, but Okay. I really, I really liked the PG thirteen Deadpool when they did the Deadpool two as PG thirteen. I oh, think yeah, they did once, a great job. Once upon a Deadpool, that's right. I have to look that mm-hmm. up. So, well, and by the time this comes out, this is a two fall of two thousand twenty four. So I don't know how the oldest will be fourteen. Maybe still a little early for Deadpool, but getting yeah. Close. Don't don't email in your strong parenting feelings about movie ratings. I appreciate it. Whatever you do, I'm sure is fine for your family. <laughs> so within hours of Deadpool 3 being announced, 
uh, we got that Blade is losing its director. Yeah. I, I don't know that director, so I don't particularly, I'm not like heartbroken by it. It does seem like it's going to inevitably delay the movie, however. Well, and, and I mean, like, people are definitely saying that it is indefinitely uh, delaying the movie. And I don't remember who shared this, if it was one of the more reputable scoopers or not, as far as that Marshala Ali was not happy with the script. And considering he wanted this role and approached Marvel for this role, that says a lot to me, if true. Yeah, I've had a hard time with that report. So I think it was, I think it's Scott Mendelson is the one who just said that. I I can't remember if that's incorrect, forgive me. But it was somebody, the thing I didn't like is that tweet came out and it was like, ooh, and they only have two lackluster action scenes planned. Adam has told us so much about previs. And how these action scenes are started before the scripts are even done. Mm-hmm. If that's true, they're terribly behind. But also, the guy who tweeted that, his next tweet was like, by the way, just a reminder, I'm launching my new site here in a couple of days. And I'm like, no. oh, really? You're launching a new site and you're trying to get attention, maybe? So it has made me a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. That's I feel like Adam was telling us that he was hearing some some details about Blade, like in the week leading up to this. So the fact yes. that there were some details coming out to certain places, and then this happened, is a little bizarre. And I guess I'm just mostly not used to Feige and crew just having to move so much stuff around. You know, we just had a lot of shuffle. Whether you know it was moving. You know, they had a February date this year, which they abandoned because of the backlog. And then they moved everything back. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp and the Marvels like flopped places on the release calendar. And then now this means that they might have to abandon one of their 2023 dates. It's just unusual for them. Like that's not the way that Marvel has functioned historically. And it does make me, I think, slightly nervous. Well, and then we throw on this next piece of news that came out today, and it's just, what are they even doing? Is anything written in stone? Do we still get Daredevil? That's, you know, (laughs) um, like, what's going on? I I think what I've told myself today to feel better about things, but I think it's true. You know, back throughout the history of Marvel Studios, through at least phase one and two, and most of phase three, they had like one movie that was wrapped and in post-production and editing. And they had one movie that was filming. And they had like two or three that was like in the pre-production script writing phase. Like even through much of phase three, that was roughly what was going on. You know, they had one movie every six months. So there was something that was almost finished, something that was in the middle, and a couple things that were getting worked on to get ready to film. They have probably four things on all of those stages now. I mean, we know they have four or five in the can going through VFX right now. We know they're actively shooting Loki, and they're actively shooting Ironheart. And, you know, I think they just finished Echo, but they're getting ready to do Agatha, and they're getting ready to start up um, Daredevil at the new year. And they're in the middle, they're about to be in the middle of Blade. And so, like, 
And then they've got a ton of projects that are getting writers and scripts together. So I think back in the day when they had a hiccup, it could be all hands on deck to deal with that hiccup because there was only three or four things moving through the, you know, Mm -hmm. moving through the bowels of the studio. Now there's 14 things moving. And I just don't think they have as many people available to like attack a problem. And so it has to delay stuff. Does that feel like a reasonable excuse or? I mean, that's, that's what we've assumed would happen as they ramped up this much, but and it's ambitious for them to think that they're going to be able to have this many projects and maintain continuity and maintain quality and maintain, you know, this vision that they have. I think the question becomes, um, do you really think that every single one of these projects are like coming to the same core group, that same core group that, that maintains the continuity, your Feige, Alonzo, Desposito, has that group grown? So are has. there? It's inevitably grown, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just with that growth, like what, what is happening and what needs to happen? You know, uh, the, the, the thing that worries me is the very, very little that I've talked to people that have been behind the scenes at Marvel. There's always, it's a multi-billion dollar company that's publicly traded. They have to make money. So they are always looking to cut costs. Are we getting to a point where too many costs have been cut for it to be what it needs to be? Do they have a reputation for being cheap at this point? Do they have a reputation of, you know, cutting corners that are going to keep things from being great and therefore I, I i don't know i mean it does worry me to see all these changes and to hear you know what's happening and and honestly to still be on rocky waters with the tv shows like when we get to she hulk like I do think that they need to sort of step back and figure out what they're doing. And hopefully that's what's happening this week. Yeah. I I would say the good news, I think though, if you're a Marvel fan is that the cheapest thing would be to force blade. I mean, if it's only an economic decision, Mm -hmm. force it into production, keep the schedule, get whoever you can off the rack to be the new director, put it in with a half-baked script fix it up there, hope you can fix it in the edit, and then put it out on time. You know, delaying the whole movie six months and going on another director search and hiring more writers and doing more passes on it, that all strikes me as more expensive than doing a half-baked version of what they had on hand. Well, that first pass that you describe only works if Ali is still on board. That's true. Yeah. If Marshala Ali is not willing to go forward with it, then you have a half-baked movie with without the star that you were banking on. Right. And I, you know, I hope they don't move forward with any sort of any half-baked um movie. And maybe Blade, I mean, so we got the news today about Armor Wars becoming a movie. Yeah. 
you know, maybe they're looking at the blade would be better as a TV show and, you know, that they have more story that they need to tell and it's just not working as a movie. Maybe there's future shifts coming as they work through it. Well, particularly because depending on what rumor you listen to, I've heard everything from like, it's going to be a period piece to it's going to take place over 200 years of history. Like I've heard Mm -hmm. different rumors on Twitter along those lines. I'd be really into a blade show that was like eight episodes and they jump a couple decades each episode to like show him transforming with time, you know? And so you get, you get like a civil war episode and then you get like an industrial revolution episode and then a gangster episode. Like, I don't know. That could be really fun if they wanted to do that. I'd be there for that. I would totally be there for that. Let's do it. Let's, let's, well, I mean, I like long format storytelling anyways. And, you know, Blade is something, especially if they're going through history, that can be completely unrelated from everything that we're seeing, kind of like Moon Knight was. And Moon Knight was one of the stronger TV shows. Um, yeah, let's do it let's make it a tv show that pops through the ages let's see if they want to hire us caleb maybe we could write it (laughs) yeah kevin we know you listen to the pod so here we are we're ready to go yeah we have an idea adam has actually written comic books so he knows something about like the the way Mm -hmm. to, to do this so yeah i do think the one thing that concerns me when you talked about you know the costs and all that stuff what we certainly saw at netflix and what i think is true of streaming is that streaming networks pay a lot for content really early on and they charge very little to build the subscriber base. And then they squeeze both ends as they get older. They Mm -hmm. make cheaper, less quality content and they charge more for the service. I mean, that's, that's been Netflix's thing, right? I, I don't think anybody feels like Netflix original show has the, the, the smell of quality that it did when they were making house of cards and three other things you know right and, and so that's the worry with disney is like hey are we going to go from mando and wandavision down to things that are made far cheaper and you know we're paying 20 dollars a month for disney plus it seems like inevitably that's what has to happen for it to be a profitable venture for them yeah i i don't know i mean i think i i hope that they continue to put actual money into their stuff and keep it high quality because they have potential there. I mean, especially with HBO imploding, there's, there's a void of like the high quality, you know, I feel like Disney plus is far more likely to reach the masses than Apple TV, which clearly has high quality stuff. Um, or Amazon, you know, and you do have, or, or yeah, Amazon, Amazon Prime, four hundred million dollar Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> you know, didn't even cross my. Amazon is dead to me until they until they give me news on Carnival Row. But no, um, yeah, I mean, Amazon's out there doing quality, but there's there's a little hole that can be filled while Netflix is down. While HBO is imploding, Disney could step in and just do some high quality stuff and and fill this void um, if they choose to. Yeah, but it takes money, and multi billion dollar corporations 
seem to have issues with spending money. Today, when I was explaining to somebody that the the Blade director, I was like, well, the director is out, so they're going to have to delay the movie. But also, I think he's out because they were already delayed. Like, I feel like we've heard that Blade is going to start rolling cameras two weeks from now for like a month and a half now. Like, I thought they were going to be rolling cameras by D23s. Yeah, that was the funniest thing about that news was people were like, oh my God, the director's out after they finished filming. But there were a lot of people on the internet that thought it was in the can that were just like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah. Blade hasn't started film. Blade should be finished filming. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I remember us at San Diego talking about like, oh, they didn't say much about Blade, but they'll probably have a cast panel because D23 will be happening in Anaheim and they'll be filming at that point. Well, apparently not. And apparently filming had already been pushed to November and now it'll be pushed even later than that. So uh, uh, so the other news you mentioned, Armor Wars is now a movie instead of a TV show, which. My very first thought was good. Disney knows how to make movies or Marvel knows how to make movies. See, it's funny as someone who is, does not dislike the Disney plus shows as much as you do. I was still happy about it. Not about that. Just about, um, I do worry about the VFX on Disney plus. Yeah. And just because the reality is a budget. And if you're like, Oh, it's going to have war machine and it's going to have Ironheart and it's going to have a whole bunch of Tony Stark's armor. I, first of all, I don't love Iron Man. So making it shorter is fine with me, but also I want that to look good. Like I do not want janky like Iron Man suits for six hours on Disney plus. I have, I have no desire for that. Um, frankly with She-Hulk in some ways, the content has been good for a show, but there's still times when she's just like, I don't know. I feel like even the lips on the, like the CGI model, are just not moving quite the right way when she talks. Like it's just, they've been, they did too much. They've been off something they could not chew. Absolutely. I mean, in in this last episode, there was some scene where they just cut to like her saying something, and you just saw like the face, and I, I was like, that that was bad. Like, yeah, how do you take Tatiana Maslany's face and make it look expressionless? Like, it just was bad. And she like at one point she rushed over and like picked a guy up by the neck, and it was yeah. like, oh, that's clearly a guy on wires floating in the air while they hopelessly try to like you know line up her hand to be there like it just it really is distractingly bad from time to time yeah yeah so yeah i agree with you and in like armor wars how much does it need to be a tv series it does seem like something that needs to be high on action and low on plot enough plot an hour and a half worth of plot two hours worth of plot sounds great and good action good vfx blow some stuff up yeah i don't need a tv show of that and it's clearly not i do feel like whether it's this or blade you have to start to ask serious questions about how integral it is to the bigger picture of phase five or six if you could just go like oh yeah we're gonna push that down the road like you know if armor wars can go from when it first was announced to like, Oh, that might come out in 2023 to now. It sounds like a 2026 movie. 
and it doesn't seem like that's going to bother their overall plot plan at all. So uh, it doesn't seem real integral, you know, to the, the the narrative mechanics of the universe. Yeah. I mean, but we never know what they had planned and where it was going to go. But but like we said, maybe it will be good that some of the stuff doesn't interconnect. Give us yeah. more stuff like Moon Knight that's just out there. So the other, I don't know if it's even news, the other rumor today was that Harrison Ford might be being cast as the new Thunderbolt Ross for Thunderbolts. Oh, did you, have you not heard this one yet? I haven't heard this one yet. So I, it was a somewhat, I don't know, I think it was a pretty big leak from somebody relatively known. It's its not like it wasn't in a trade or anything, but it was something that, that got out there. Since you've not heard about it, let me tell you all the reasons I hate this. Okay. Upon hearing about this. Uh, I don't find Harrison Ford to be a particularly serious actor. I think he's no. fine in romantic comedies. I think he's fine in action movies. Um, but I think I think he's an incredible movie star. I don't find him to be a great actor. Furthermore, the one thing that he was in that everyone adores, Star Wars, he repeatedly craps on and never wanted to come back to and always was frustrated that he had to be involved with. So I can't imagine him wanting to sign up for a whole bunch of MCU movies. Like there's no way they're going to get Harrison Ford to come back a second time. So unless you're going to kill him, I don't think that's going to work. I don't think he looks that much like William Hurt. And it just feels very stuntish. Like, I don't know. I don't need that. I don't know if I need Thunderbolt Ross to be there at all. And so, and also Thunderbolt Ross, if he's going to turn into Red Hulk again, I cannot imagine in a million years that you are going to convince Harrison Ford to put on one of those like mocap suits like um, Mark Ruffalo wears to be Hulk. Like I can just imagine him coming in and going, no, I'm not doing that. And you're like, but but it's in your contract. He's like, I'm Harrison Ford. I'm not doing it. Like, I just can't imagine he'd be game for anything. Also, Harrison Ford is 80 years old. <laughs> well, William Hurt was not a spring chicken, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, it's a lot easier to make people look old than take an old person now I have to know. No, William Hurt was okay. Um, he he passed away at seventy one. Okay, so he's a so, six or seven years younger than than Harrison Ford. Like nine years younger, and then when he was, you know, Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, but I just, I mean, like Harrison Ford is Harrison Ford. I don't, yeah, I'm with you. I feel like in the MCU, I feel like Marvel, for the most part, should have actor. Well, and even Feige has said this. He wants people that are excited to play, to, to be a part of it, to play the roles that that are emotionally into it. And nothing about Harrison Ford says emotionally into Marvel. Like he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the platform. 
is he going to turn around and say right now that he's like a Marvel fan all this time and he's wanted to be involved? If he wanted to be involved, he could have called up Feige 10 years ago and been involved. I, this rumor, I'm not buying it. Yeah. And if it's true, I'm just super not excited about it. <laughs> if it's true, I will truly, I mean, it really does feel like a lot of stunt casting. Yeah, like you said, Krasinski and bringing back Hugh Jackman and, um, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Like, it very much would be a stunt casting. And, like, to me, that would be the casting that just, like, breaks the camel's back. I I would say if they do get him, I would completely put money on the character dying. Because of the repeat thing and because he was so reluctant to do Star Wars stuff, like... I would have a hard time believing that he'd sign on multi-picture, you know, a one and done maybe, but. And I would anticipate that, that the role would be small. Yeah. But still, why do you bring in Harrison Ford for a small role for a bit for recasting? I just, no, I'm not buying it. I mean, I guess the only thing that could be said is Ford came back for two star Wars movies I was amazed that he came back to do Last Sky or um, Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. and he came back for Indy Five. So I don't know. Maybe him and Disney are are good buddies, or they're paying him enough, or he has gambling debts, or he has to pay off all those FAA fines for all the times he crashed an airplane, or yeah. So okay, maybe. <laughs> By the way, if Harrison Ford ever offers to take you on a trip, I don't know if you've seen this. I'm not getting in this airplane. Huh? (laughs) He's apparently like almost killed people several times. Oh, I know. He's an amateur pilot that's no good at it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't love getting in tiny airplanes as it is, but Harrison Ford. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. All right. um, I did want to get into a couple of D23 like trailers and stuff since we hadn't discussed them on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first one, because the show's coming out next week. What did you think about the absolutely bonkers Werewolf by Night trailer? I I watched it and I was like, that's very cool. Like, I mean, it was enough to get me because like this is gonna be like what one one hour special? Yeah, 57 minutes, I think. Like, it doesn't take much to convince me to give an hour to a show so it was it was enough to make me intrigued and to tune in and i'm really excited to see what it is i you know that's the thing about like d23 and comic-con and all that is like you get five million things at you at once and i never went back to like even see you know i wanted to watch like a recap video or something of like what was you know what i missed um so like there's not much that that i mean i'm not the level of hype as adam seriously on this one i am just loving it because i can see how psyched adam is about it yeah and that's what it's all about like yeah just watching other people lose their mind over something like this is a lot of fun yeah it it made a huge difference in my interest level because I don't know. I just figured this would be somewhere in the ballpark of like 
a mummy movie or the invisible man or like you know like every once in a while they do some kind of like they try to do a modern like van helsing like it's a, a modern work on one of these old um universe universal horror movies they tried to do the whole dark universe like interconnected universe that never got off the ground and i just thought marvel was going to try to do that but better and that had no interest for me at all but then they do this trailer and it's not it's not just the black and white it's not just the imagery it's even like the way they cut stuff and the camera angles and the like this seems like a love letter to like old old you know 70 80 90 years ago the way they made horror movies and you know we've talked on this podcast often i love weird stuff like i loved wandavision just because of how peculiar their take on those characters were like the sitcom thing was just such an off-the-wall idea that i was so excited about it this bizarre take on this is awesome as you know somebody who likes old movies and black and white movies it's gone from like oh sure i'll watch it to something like i'm actively excited about because it's it's cool and uh, you know yeah awesome well i'll be excited for your excitement too not just adams i do want to say you know we've talked a lot about um the difference between like adult content mature content i just want to get once again state what could be less youth culture oriented than hey you remember the way they used to make horror movies for your grandparents like my kids watch that trailer and they were like what is that why is it black and white why is it so weird why is the music so corny like they had no interest in it because i don't know a gen zer has got no cultural like reference for these things unless they're a film buff this is not being made because it got focus grouped this is getting made because michael giacchino apparently just loved that era of movies and they decided to go out on a limb you know that's awesome well and that's i mean like i did hear this week that that black and white aspect is how they kept from getting a mature rating probably yeah that they that yeah that if it had been in color there would have been too much gore and it would have you know crossed that line but that they were able to keep it as tv 14 whatever it is by making it black and white so it it does make me very resistant to the like oh marvel's just repeating itself or marvel's just Mm -hmm. getting stale i just cannot imagine walking into the disney like boardroom somewhere and going look i want to make a halloween special it's not a tv show but it's not a movie and we're going to allow the famous composer that you guys have hired a bunch yeah he's going to be the director and it's going to be the most bloody and violent thing we're going to shoot for an r rating so it's not going to be family friendly but we're going to shoot it in a style that hasn't been used in 90 years in hollywood like what what exec goes oh yeah i'd like to sink 50 million dollars into that you know it's uh it's i was cool. about to say then they go but we'll be able to do it cheap yeah, you know you well, find... exactly. and they're like okay um uh, yeah and i hear that i think there's a lot of practical effects in it i think like even the werewolf suit might be more suit than like, yeah CGI. Good. good good yes like i was I... 
I saw a YouTube video today of a, a Japanese T-Rex that they take to schools. It's like a big, massive puppet. And I was yeah. thinking about how Old Lace was so good in Runaways with puppet. You know, like, there was so yeah. much more they could do with puppets that they don't, they don't do. Yeah. Yeah, I... You know, maybe some of the shuffling and remixing and all of that, they're figuring out what to do with all their VFX mindset. But... Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I will definitely watch the Halloween special. I will probably not watch it until Comic Con is over because I have some plans. Yep, yep, I got you. Yeah. Um, The only other thing I remember, I mean, a lot of it was just panels and talk. Um, We did get a secret invasion trailer. I don't know if you remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot like what we saw at San Diego. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Thoughts on that? I, I still love it. I still, I, I like the tone. I like, um, where it looks like they're going and man, I mean, I know there are some parts of the internet that are very annoying. There are some fans that people do not want to engage but I can totally see Chloe Bennett showing up in the series. Yeah. And and now that I have watched like the Deadpool Wolverine, you know, like what's to keep, you know, anyways, my brain just keeps going there that this is the place that if they're going to do it, if they're going to do all those fan service, why not service those fans and add in that one character? Um, But no, it looks great and maybe that is the feel of it that it gave me the feel of good shield like really good agents of shield and you know a real television show that that goes places and has a plot and you know enjoyable um so i'm still on board i like it it's interesting because in good and bad ways, it's giving me a lot of vibes of this Andor show they're doing with Star Wars on Disney Plus, because it's like a spy thriller, paranoid kind of thing, and I think it stinks a little bit because they're coming out close enough that people will be like, "Oh, Marvel just decided to do an Andor," which is probably not fair, you know. And they were in in production like simultaneously, I think, so that's that's a little not fair. But the flip side is, I hope it is, because I've been watching Andor, and I love it. It's like a subtle, dialogue-heavy show. They don't hit you over the head with exposition, to the point that, like, the youngest of our kids and my mom, when we were watching it with them, were like, what's happening there? You know, like, they don't pick up on quite all the plot, because it's not, like, hit you over the head, like a lot of, you know, basic Marvel stuff. And so, if it's like Andor, I'm all there for it. It's a very, to me, very grown-up, nuanced show that allows some narrative complexity to exist, kind of expects you to pick up on things and infer things and kind of activate your brain without all of the huge explosions in, in VFX. Now, Secret Invasion will be more because they got to do the scrolls and all that stuff. But every week when Andor ends, <laughs> one of our youngest kids is like, was that it? And I'm like, oh no, that was good. They just 
they kept the pot simmering just the right amount, you know, to like keep me hooked. And so I'm excited. I, I feel like that's, it's a good omen that, that they're doing that well with Star Wars on something similar. I, I do have Andorra on my list. You recommended it. I haven't gotten to it, but I will check it out. I mean, it's probably hoping in vain. I'm thinking that you might watch it and go, oh, this is a more grown up, you know, but every yeah. time I thought, Every time I think Disney Plus has turned the corner a little bit, they have not turned the corner as much as you as you would like them to. I mean, they've been doing good. They've been doing good. Uh, so I got um, the sense earlier, it's time now. Are you starting to sour a little bit on She-Hulk? So I, She-Hulk, these last two episodes, um, and I guess, yeah, I mean for listeners the last two were six and seven yeah so the wedding and the the wedding and the retreat the abomination the obama what was it obama obama stay um yeah it was it was which or twilight mornings or something i think the gate said i forget something like that yeah yeah um I, so I'm still enjoying the show, but these last two episodes, and I mean, any TV series, I mean, this, this, you know, this is weekly TV. Um, and, and this was the Netflix shows all had this, you know, in episodes eight, nine, 10. Like, I now feel like they've, it's the same as so many of the early shows. You know, I feel like they've created all of this plot now, you know, there is absolutely somebody trying to get her blood maybe got her blood maybe something's happening with it and we have like 40 minutes of tv left maybe 45 maybe 50 yeah to see what they did with her blood see where that goes see how they resolve it and move on and somewhere in that we're supposed to have daredevil showing up and you know all kinds of other stuff and, and bruce's issues on sakar will eventually come back around yeah, i guess yeah whatever's going on with bruce like there's a whole lot left and these past two episodes felt frustratingly stagnant um and i think like in trying to work through today my frustration it's just sort of like one we were promised a lawyer show and these past two episodes didn't have much lawyering yeah um two the visual effects were bad three it also wasn't hardcore comedy like comedy should make you laugh a lot and there was some camp there was some stuff that i enjoyed i i i enjoyed the characters there at abominations camp like i i liked a lot of that there I didn't get a whole lot of humor out of these two episodes. You know, like I would be fine if it was light on plot and I was laughing like crazy. Right. And I would be fine if I'm not laughing, but the plot was really sucking me in, you know, like one division went from comedy to seriousness and it did that journey very well. You know, it's, it was all within the context of a mystery too. Yeah. Yeah. And it had this plot and this mystery going through you know, I, I feel like the plot sort of has stagnated in these two episodes and, you know, they could still stick the landing, but I don't love these two episodes. 
I, but and also because they have taken me away from like these characters that I've really enjoyed getting to know those side characters Nikki um and Pug Mallory and Gus or was it Gus no Pug Pug yeah yeah Pug um you know like they've created all these characters for us to get to know and I do like Emil like I Blonsky like I've enjoyed getting to know him but it was too much of him it was like the Korg of (laughs) of She-Hulk um like he's cool but you know I would have rather had two episodes with Daredevil what I like about the show and I feel like this is maybe it's wrong to be like the the Rick and Morty ness of it because these are this is a Rick and Morty like writer I believe on the show mm-hmm. when they really delve into like second third fourth step of like if someone had this power what would be the consequences so the whole Mister Immortal bit where he <laughs> just dies to get out of his marriages I thought that was hilarious and when he felt uncomfortable and he just jumped out of a window i laughed very hard but that's they sat with that character and they said okay if you push that character to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing what what do you get and what you get is nine women all filing for you know um all all filing for financial you know like remediate you know payment for their marriages like and that was very interesting to me. Yeah. I enjoyed um, the Saracen character today, like the vampire. Like yeah. it, was, it was less of a thoughtful thing, but just like the way he couldn't help but talk about blood every time it turned around. Like that was funny. But then when you're like, oh, look at this guy. He's a half bull, half person. Okay. Like, I don't know. Like there didn't seem yeah. anything particularly clever or humorous about that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then like the porcupine thing was actually pretty deep. But there wasn't a whole lot of humor and I mean, I don't know. And the Mr. Immortal thing, like I I see their shot at humor there. It just didn't land right with me. Okay. And you know, like but you know, I it it takes a lot for me to like laugh out loud humor like yeah. in a show, but I like it when it happens. Um yeah so yes they've put thought into it as quite you know and i'm not hating it i'm just these two episodes aren't landing for me the one thing i think they've done well but they've underutilized this um i don't know this like misogynistic website that's out to get her Mm -hmm. i find it really kind of chilling like both last week and this week in the last like five minutes they like did something about this website and the way they're targeting her and like the online hatred and the way that like this guy in this episode, like used her and took pictures of her while she was asleep. Like all of that stuff is really like, I don't know. It gave me a little bit, even like Jessica Jones kind of vibes, if that makes sense of like, Whoa, this is deep level creep. Mm Mm-hmm. But it seems weirdly tacked on, like, you know, the tail on the donkey at the end of an episode. I mean, that's a great metaphor. That was the frightening tail on the Blonsky donkey this week. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like that, that mood. And that's where, I mean, cause I was sitting here trying to think like the Mr. Immortal jumping out a window humor along with the man using her and taking pictures of her after sex even though those were two separate episodes those are two very different tones like and and maybe this is just like me as a woman but like when you're giving me that sort of there's some topics that they're bringing up that put me emotionally on guard right like you're going into those topics you're going into like people hurting her people not letting her be who she is and all of that and those take me to a certain mental place so i'm not going to be able to turn around and laugh at a guy who's abused his mortality to get out of marriages or you know at a mamble you know the mamble and the not matador were hilarious like when they released that clip yesterday and i watched it i was like i like this i can't wait to sit with these guys you know and see where they're going to go but as i sit and i look at the whole episode you know like the fun of the episode because they threw this rapey type angle to it to me that's where the tone and I feel like I'm supposed to be the she-hold target audience. Like I've been all gung-ho about it up until here. But for me, I think that's where it just sort of like, I'm having a hard time. You know, like I can't giggle at giggly stuff because we're dealing with some very serious matter. And I don't even think it's that you can't be fun. Cause I remember chuckling some at some of the things Jessica Jones would say, yeah. but it was within a very specific dark gallows kind of humor and I, I do think this show is a little bit like it it does seem like right now it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. It wants mm-hmm. to be really broad, goofy, funny, but then it wants to have sort of this sinister kind of, you know, socially aware plot line of like certain misogynistic corners of the internet, but then also occasionally wants to chuck in superhero stuff like with Hulk and Sakaar and one would presume daredevil and it's just yeah it it all feels a little awkwardly put together at this point for me yeah yeah and i think like the early episodes it was very easy to just sort of be there in the tone and you know all of that but i think that's just what i'm saying these last two episodes have gone to a weird place and it's hard to be yeah it's it's hard to relax and enjoy i guess because there are these things that are putting me on edge, but they're still acting like you're supposed to laugh at the campy things. And I, yeah, I feel like the tone's all over the place. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I almost would have liked them to give up on an overarching story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I almost wish it had been more procedural. Just every week she walks in the office and somebody goofy comes in with a yep. goofy case. Cause I feel like, when it was the magic show and it was like Wong and Madison and um, you know, her trying to get the rights to her name back from Titania. Like, I feel like that's when the show best hit its stride. And lately it's just, it's kept some of that, but it's, you know, yeah, it, it almost, there are times, I don't know if this is the right way. It almost feels a little embarrassed to be a TV show or to be a, not a TV show to be a, a superhero thing 
Like mm-hmm. her and Titania, they're like, we're not going to let them really fight. We're going to let them humorously fight at a wedding. Like they have to couch all the superhero stuff in everyday situations. And I know it's a little bit of the shtick of the show, but um, I don't know. I, one of the best episodes to me was the first one with her and Bruce because it was kind of just comfortable being a Marvel show back, you know, at that point. But yeah, but I enjoyed, I mean, I definitely enjoyed. I I enjoyed the Wong episode, you know, the Madison. That was fine. Like Madison coming in and being funny. I had no issue with that. The magician, because who cares if that magician got, you know, on or off the hook? Like, right. I, you know, to me, the stakes were very low. So I could settle into like Madison being Madison and the Wong, you know, that was all very fun um no but i totally agree a villain of the week just just come in and be funny and have some overarching i mean have the titania thing there but oh my god i also forgot the titania is going to have to wrap up whatever is going on with her yeah in the next 40 to 50 whatever minutes and maybe the wrecking crew if not wrecking crew fans and i'm sure they're out there somewhere they have a right to be just criminally upset that the 30 seconds of that alley scene is all that we would get of them as characters, you know? Well, until one of them decided to go to coincidentally Blonsky's like yoga retreat and feel better. Right. And the fact, I mean, they kind of saved it by her directing to the camera and saying, Hey, can we do a previously on? But the fact that he showed up, and I was like, I have no idea who this guy is. I don't remember him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they just, like, never resolved, like, why is he there? Does he have superpowers? Does he supposed to have superpowers? Like, everybody else here has an alter ego or something. So, uh, just the last two episodes were rocky. I mean, I'm still enjoying it. But uh, I'm, I cannot believe that we're back in this situation with two more episodes. And so much to wrap up that we're probably not going to get wrapped up. So is this only nine again? I guess I thought this one was 10. I thought it was 10, but evidently it's nine. Which is what happened with Wanda. What what if and WandaVision, right? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Mickey. Don't be cheap on us, man. Anyway. I don't know. Well, and you know what? I This is probably silly hope. If episode nine is 40 minutes and episode or, or episode eight is 40 and episode nine is 55, that would be fine. I'd rather have that, you know, like. Sure, sure. Yeah, give that, me. Yeah. Give me an hour long Daredevil episode. Because they did do that with WandaVision. I... It got, they got longer at the end. And this was a longer one. Today's was a little bit longer. But if we understand the rumors, next week is Daredevil. And they didn't even, like, create an avenue for him to be there leading into that episode, which seems so weird to me, um, if that's the case. I mean, surely her last episode is her and not the one that he's in. But yeah, I don't know. I mean- but you'd think Bruce would have to show up too. I mean, it's 
there's a and lot left. I'm pretty sure Blonsky's back because I'm pretty sure the mid-season trailer had a shot of Abomination that has not been in the show yet. Yay. I don't know. To me, at this point, he's the Korg of She-Hulk. <laughs> like, he was fun. I have nothing, like, against him as a character, but he's been overused. And it's so weird because mm-hmm. I almost almost don't want to criticize the show because there's been so much baloney criticism. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be mistaken of that at all. I don't hate it. It's just it's just not my favorite thing. And I'm in a very weird spot that like stylistically, it's just not the kind of show that I would watch all that much. Mm-hmm. And but I'm enjoying it for what it is. And I'm not saying like, oh, Disney shouldn't make shows like this. But also, I'm aware that I'm probably not as much the target audience as you are for this, and that's okay. So it's just a weird space to be in now where I feel like I have to praise it or 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 be a you know troglodyte. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I and and I am at this weird spot where if I'm like, okay, I just want to see it for Daredevil, then I become one of those people. Yeah. That like the there are Daredevil fans out there that have been very obnoxious about the show. Uh, yes. Like, I, I yeah. Well, yeah. I talk- hate to criticize it in any way because there are so many things I like about the show and I feel like it can pull out of it. I feel like it can still nail the landing. I just don't know how. A few weeks ago too, you talked about like the whole idea of women supporting women. I assume like some of you just wants to cheerlead it because you want to like, yeah support the idea that it's sort of a feminist show that's made by a group of women yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah but seven episodes in you don't have to keep hammering it It goes back to the andor thing you were talking about like i don't need episode seven to still be about she's the woman that's struggling to be accepted for who she is and blah right. blah blah like oh, I, you know like i i I know there were some people that in episode one felt like there was too much feminist message happening, but by episode seven, there is something about it that I needed to move on. Yeah. I think when she sat in the chair and she's like, there's some guys out there that like She-Hulk, but don't like Jen. And she did her that whole little speech. I felt like her facial expressions and the way she teared up in court two episodes ago with like when they brought the exes in as evidence yeah. that she goes by She-Hulk. I felt like she very quietly and intensely sort of acted that reality in a way that really hit home. And so to hear her like recapitulate it in the like the exposition of this episode, I'm like that kind of that kind of takes away from it. I didn't need that. We already know like that bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They they just had to keep hammering it in. Yeah. Um and it was disrespectful to the audience. To the audience that's already in. I mean, like, and also like the show doesn't need to be one that wins over the people that that don't understand that. You know, like like whatever. Let them figure it out. They're not gonna figure it out. Don't don't preach to them. Have respect for the audience that that understands and is in. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking against myself. I think though, when I think about watching it with my nine-year-old, I don't know, maybe some of that stuff being made explicit was good for her because she's a kid, you know, and it's yeah. helping her as a little girl figure it out. I don't know, you know. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. 
we'll see maybe report back maybe we can podcast again sometime in the next month yeah well i would think i mean we i know you will have to recover from new york i would think that sometime at least two weeks from now we'll try to do a werewolf by night review talk just to let adam get all the excitement out i think he'll finally be back to normal life a little bit by then so yeah so. And who knows? I could bring like a little recorder if I think about it, and we could maybe record during our road trip if we have road uh, trip thoughts. <laughs> road trip thoughts, yeah. We really do. You have a little digital recorder? I do. Yeah. We <laughs> we should go to, to the wedding just so that we can like I don't know like just five seconds of like hey this is Caleb and Adam and Rhiannon and we're at Adam's wedding yay I don't know <laughs> like. We've recorded so much of our relationship on a podcast anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just have to check the battery. It's just a matter of me remembering and digging it out and, yeah. and bringing it. But yeah, I have a little, I have a little handheld one. We forgot the gift, but we have something to record audio. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot shoes, but hey. <laughs> oh, that might um. happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll be back to you in a couple of weeks to talk about Werewolf by Night.